0: Welcome to the Buck Sexton Show. Busy, busy news day. So much to discuss. The infrastructure deal is off the rails already. Biden tries to get ahead of a violent summer. Kamala finally goes down to the border and words you're not supposed to use anymore because the left says so. We'll get into all of that. I am amazed at how easily Republicans, it seems, are are pushed into going along with reckless government spending on this infrastructure thing. But we'll have to get to that in a moment. First, I'm a big privacy online guy. You know that. And your data is constantly being collected, and therefore it is stored and also at some level surveilled by big tech. And big tech is left-wing, and you can't trust them. So there's all this anxiety that people who know what's going on have about it. I don't want to just tell you so you're concerned. I want to give you something that will allow you to take action the ultimate privacy and cybersecurity communications tool you can possibly have. It's called Secure, S-E-K-U-R. Secure is an instant messaging and email platform that's hosted in Switzerland. It's in Switzerland, not just because they make great watches and chocolate, but they have the strictest data privacy laws in the entire world. Secure is spelled S-E-K-U-R. It uses proprietary encryption technology, an independent platform, and Swiss privacy laws to ensure total privacy and security of your data on desktop and in transit. This is secure and private instant messaging and email. It assures your conversations, messages, and data are kept completely safe and private. Secure does not mine your data and is not subjected to the Cloud Act. Take back your freedom, privacy, and online security with Secure by going to sekur.com. That's S-E-K-U-R dot com. Use the coupon code Buck for one week free and 25 percent off. Be sure to use that coupon code Buck. Go to secure S-E-K-U-R dot com. Regain your privacy. Biden does seem to be deteriorating. I don't know what else to say. I don't enjoy saying that. There's something that seems to be wrong with the guy. He just goes off, and there's a reason the handlers around him always look like they're quite a bit anxious. Like a whole bunch of cats in a room full of rocking chairs worried about their tails, right? Everyone's like, oh, my
1: gosh. Yeah, I'm sure I'm running around, and I got things to say. No joke. Let me tell you a thing about another thing. I got another thing to, you know... America stuff.
0: Here he is. Play two.
2: Sure. My bill was look, the bipartisan bill from the very beginning was understood. There's going to have to be the second part of it. Not just signing the bipartisan bill and forgetting about the rest I, that I proposed. I propose a significant piece of legislation in three parts. And all all, all three parts are equally important. And by the way, my party, everybody tells me what my party is. My party's divided. Well, my party is divided. My party's divided, but my party's also rational. If they can't get every single thing they want, but all that they have in the bill that that before them is good, are they going to vote no? I don't think so.
0: And I want to be very clear here that what happened yesterday was the announcement. Biden did a press conference where he talked about how great it was that there was an infrastructure deal. And he said it was so exciting. Ten senators, bipartisan, five Republicans, five Democrats. They've agreed on over half a trillion dollars of infrastructure spending. I just want to start by telling everybody we already spend a lot of money in this country on infrastructure. There's no urgent need for an infrastructure package the the people who keep telling you. That there's an urgent need for an infrastructure package. Don't ever get into the details. They just talk about crumbling roads and bridges. We're already spending a lot of money on those things. It's actually happening. But Republicans are going to go along with this. Why is it the case then that later on in the day, Biden, this is yesterday, said that he would actually veto uh, veto the bill unless there is, along with it, a reconciliation bill from the Far left Democrat socialists who are pushing for all kinds of spending, you know, the child care and student loans and green energy, all the stuff that is not infrastructure. Or even if it did technically qualify as infrastructure, it's not something that anybody thinks who's living in reality thinks is important. So Biden's saying, well, if I don't get that, too, I'm going to veto. The first, So the bipartisan legislation is actually not going to be bipartisan unless along with it, Democrats get the whole wish list. So why should Republicans give them cover? You know what they're going to say. They're going to claim that this is all a bipartisan action. And that way they get cover for the massive spending increase. This is not good, folks. It's not the way it's supposed to be. But, you notice know, I said, I feel like Biden is kind of deteriorating and getting weirder, which makes sense in a whole lot of ways.
1: And he's sort of, oh, he's just getting a little bit more down here talking about things like.
0: Here he is on the unemployment claims and inflation. And, well, you just got to hear this. Play three. Remember, you're asking
2: me, and I'm not being critical of you all. I really mean this. It was legitimate questions you're asking me. Asking me, well, you know, guess what? Employers can't find workers. I said, yeah, pay them more. This is an employee's, employee's bargaining chip now. What's happening? They're going to have to compete and start playing hardworking people. A decent wage. And by the way, talk of inflation. The overwhelming consensus is going to pop up a little bit and then go back down. No one's talking about this great, great deal. So, again, if it turns out that what I've done so far, what we've done so far, is a mistake, it's going to show. It's going to show the economy's not going to grow like it wasn't before. People aren't going to have jobs with increased pay like it was before. People are going to be out of work like it was before with no options. Unemployment is going to continue to climb instead of continue to go down. If that happens then my policies, didn't make a lot of sense.
1: Pay them more.
0: Yeah, it, it gets it gets weirder than that, folks. He keeps going and going and whispering and sounding stranger and stranger. But OK, let's let's keep going, actually, then let's continue on with this. Why does Joe Biden? Why is Joe Biden the president of the United States? I really really want to investigate that. I think that's something we should spend more time on. Here he is talking about how the Latinx community needs to get... uh, First of all, I've never met anyone who would describe themselves as from the Latin American community. I've never met anyone who says, call me Latinx. But Biden has an explanation as well for why there are members of the Latino community... Who are not vaccinated? Play 13.
2: There's a reason why it's been harder to get African Americans initially to get vaccinated. Because they used to be an experiment on the Tuskegee Airmen and others. People have memories. People have long memories. It's awful hard as well to get Latinx vaccinated as well. Why? They're worried that they'll be vaccinated and deported. So look, from day one, something that Governor Cooper has been totally focused on is making sure we get as many people vaccinated, particularly people who don't have access to health care usually.
0: Latinx. I've, I've never heard it said like that before. That was the first time from President Biden. So I'll just note for all of you that this is what we're now told. We're, we're now told that we have to use that term. We're supposed to believe that somehow that's going to catch on. And and if you have a problem with it, if you think that that's strange, well, then you're you know this. You're a bad person. You're somebody who simply cannot be trusted. You have to change the words you use right away. And oh, this is this is now happening in ways that. Are coming at us from all over the place. Brandeis University. Is warning students. This is not new in the sense that this kind of language policing has been around in many ways for a a long time now. But it keeps popping up. It keeps on happening. Uh, Latinx, uh, Latinx is a term that we're supposed to use now. But also what you're finding is that there are other words like picnic and rule of thumb. Those are called oppressive. In fact, trigger warnings now require a trigger warning. Because a trigger warning has the word trigger in it, which reminds some people of a gun. It's too scary to say trigger warning. I'm not kidding, folks. This is a real thing. This is a real situation. You're also not supposed to say uh, picnic. Why? Well, because ignorance about history can be contagious. And it has caught on. There is a a, a myth that the word picnic in some way, in its origins, involves a racial slur and is something that came about as part of lynchings in this country. And it's just not true. I mean, I think that the truth should matter. And that etymology of the word is false. So can't we all sit around and and agree that that means something? Uh, Picnic comes from pique-nique, which is French- And it's from the 17th century, and it means people coming together with different dishes that they bring in a meal. That's actually the origin of the picnic. So you're not a bad person for carrying your picnic basket or going and sitting down and laying out a tablecloth and having a sandwich. It's not racist. It's not true. But this stuff spreads. That's why Brandeis University says don't use the term picnic. Don't use rule of thumb because they say in its origins this is because if you were to uh, hit your wife with a stick, the stick should be of lesser width than your thumb. That's the the so-called rule of thumb. I don't think anybody's really actually upset by this stuff. I mean, I think this is something that activists come up with to see what they can force everybody else to do. It's, It's almost like a game, but it's also about power. And it's not just... Random universities. It's not just idiot bureaucrats sitting around in faculty lounges. There's also government bureaucrats that are getting getting up on this one. The FAA is urging gender, uh, gender-neutral gender terms. So you can't say airman or cockpit anymore. No more cockpit. I mean, I I, I thought that that... It, it's, it's amazing, isn't it, that you, <laughs> you hear these words. And you think, wouldn't it be funny if... The libs, uh, the libs decided that they were going to go after this, and you know, sure enough, they will. It's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of where this where this all comes from. You know, uh, by the way, cockpit is, is a term that they believe comes from cockfighting, which has to do with, as we know, roosters going at each other. Um. Is a it, it, so a cockpit is a pit for fighting cocks. That's where the word comes from. But just because it has that that part of the word, and that has come to mean something different in our current context, you now have to call it you know some something else. You now have to come up with some other um, some other term. I mean, there's also you know the there's also the English term for a small boat. Uh, which was called a a cock in older English. So that's where you also get a coxswain, right? Uh, a, 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 the sin in coxswain, S-W-A-I-N. I wrote crew, so I remember this. Yeah, I wrote crew, I know. Uh, a coxswain is a boat servant, essentially. That's what it really means. But a cock is an old English term for a boat. So it really, you know, there's, there's different um, etymologies. There's different derivations for the word. But, I mean, I, I think the uh, the English term for it is probably more likely. But, you see, we're getting this whole conversation. Who actually knows all this stuff? Who actually knows all of this? And therefore gets offended one way or the other. I mean, we just use these words, and they don't actually offend anyone, but it's all supposed to change now. It's all supposed to be different. So now the FAA, a federal agency, wants you to avoid Gender specific language. Oh, manned and unmanned drones are now piloted or unpiloted. I'm trying to find what else is in here. There's a whole airman is gone, uh, man made is gone, say, manufactured or fabricated. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Flight deck instead of cockpit. That's what they're saying. You know, this is what people focus their time on now language policing, but it's not just a minor thing. I do think it's important for everyone to remember that by controlling the language, they control the debate by controlling the very words you use. Not only are they teaching all of us to be compliant to whatever the whims of the perpetually aggrieved left may be, but beyond that, beyond that, they are able to push the terms of the debate in the direction that they want, which is really what this is all about. ultimately. That, that's what they're that's what they're trying to do. So. You know, day to day, I'm I'm doing a ton of research for politics and, and culture and national security stores, as you know, but I'm also a pretty avid investor and I want the best information I can get. And I'm going to tell you this right now. Long term investing, you can research stuff. You can you can just make some pretty safe plays, understand some basic concepts. And if you're disciplined, you'll do well. But you can do even better in a shorter term if you understand trading a bit. But that's a real skill. So who can you go to? to walk you through training in uh, trading rather in real time with text messages directly to your phone. What's well, Carnivore Trading? Carnivore Trading is helping people get 30, 50, even 100% a year on the money they're using to trade stocks and even when the market is choppy. You see Carnivore Trading is an anonymous team of elite Wall Street strategists and they're legends among Wall Street heavy hitters, but they've gone a little bit rogue. Now they're allowing everyday folks like me, like you to see and mirror their explosive trade so they'll send you a text that says you know we're going to go buy x percent of company xyz let's get into this folks they also send you an end of day market wrap-up to explain everything they've been doing to look at the the ups and downs of the market where they're making money in positions where they got to cut losses and you got experts guiding you through all this it's really helpful and handy and i've been doing great with them so far i mean i I'm going to start having some of these trades actually officially vetted and put out there so that people can see. I mean, I've I've had a, a really good, really good track record with carnivore trading, and I'm just basically along for the ride with them. They're telling me what to do. Go to Get Our Trades right now. You can actually start for free. Just go to the website, getourtrades.com, and use promo code BUCK to get two weeks free. And that's essential because then they know that you learned about it here on this show. So join Carnivore today. They'll guarantee you'll get... 5 times your subscription fee or double your money back. Go to getourtrades.com promo code buck. That's getourtrades.com promo code buck. See website for guarantee terms and conditions. Past performance not a guarantee of future earnings. It really is once you once you have some great wins in the market, oh man. It's fun. It's fun. It's but you know, always always be disciplined and rely on experts whenever you can. Use use the smartest brains you can to help you make the best decisions you possibly can. Rudy Giuliani lost his law license uh, yesterday, suspended in New York. Here's what he says about it. We'll get into this. Play 15.
3: Well, I'm not very happy about this. I love practicing law. It's my passion. I've done it for 50 years. I've done it for 50 years without, I think, a single complaint ever. I've been involved in some of the most bitter litigation imaginable never had charges like this and I've had my life threatened any number of times for the cases that I brought that I think really helped my country and I uh, don't appreciate these I mean uh, it's I I don't know exactly what I can say and what I can't say all I can tell you is America is not America any longer Uh, we do not live in a free state we live in a state that's controlled by the Democrat Party by Cuomo de Blasio and the Democrats um, th- we have a double standard. There's no doubt if I was representing Hillary Clinton, I'd be their hero. I represented my client so effectively that they're trying to get me to shut up Mr. because they know what's going to happen because they did it. They know what's going to happen in Arizona and they know what's going to happen in, in uh, Georgia. Well, and they want this mouth shut.
0: I love that Rudy doesn't back down. I mean, the guy's a fighter. He's always been a fighter. But what happened here is he is being targeted. Let's understand his law license has been taken from him, which is a big deal. I mean, this is a guy who's built his whole career really on the law. Yes, he's a politician, but he was a prosecutor before that. This is a guy who went after success, uh, successfully went after the mob in New York City when people thought the mob was pretty much uh, untouchable in New York. And he's a guy who, as we know, after 9-11 was thought of as America's mayor showed a lot of bravery, a lot of grit on that terrible day on September 11, 2001. And yes, he was a staunch defender of President Trump's as well as somebody who was very convinced that there were extreme irregularities in this last election. Now, there absolutely were irregularities. That's known. I mean, that was baked into it because of the changes made in the COVID year by Democrats who wanted to loosen as many of the guidelines and regulations around voting As they possibly can. But what they've done here is pull this law license because they say that by representing his client, in this case, the former president of the United States, Donald Trump, he did something deeply unethical and egregious. He's being punished for whom he represented as a lawyer. Think about that one for a moment. Think about what that what that really means. And it's just another time where an institution or in this case, a profession is undermined or is cast aside by those who view it as an impediment to their power grab. They all of a sudden transform what it means to be a journalist. Being a journalist today means being an activist, really. I mean, there are some people who still engage in the practice of journalism. It's, I'd say, less than 5% of the people who are in the profession. I'm not a journalist. I mean, you could say I'm an activist, or you could say I'm a, I'm a pundit, I'm an opinion person, I never pro- I'm not neutral. I mean, how absurd would it be? If I showed up on this radio show where I'm telling you all what I think every day, taking sides, trying to crush libs, trying to elevate America. And if I said, you know, I don't really have an opinion, it would be laughable. Right. But that's what the New York Times, that's what these other places all do. They act like they don't have opinions. They're just providing the facts, man, which is absurd, as you know. But now with lawyers for a long time. It was something that we all just culturally knew in this country, that everyone deserves a legal defense. Even the guilty deserve representation. That's why if you can't afford a lawyer, one will be appointed for you by the court, right? There's reasons why we have the system we do and the principles we do that are supposed to defend it. But now all of a sudden it's, well, if you represent the wrong client, you could lose your law license. If you make a defense of your client or if you bring a case in in the court, instead of just allowing the court to adjudicate it one way or the other, there can be consequences. There can be consequences to you. So this is sending a huge message, and it's an important one. It's a powerful one, and it's one that we have to fight back against. Oh, I've got one more thing on on Biden before I, I let all that go, um, which I'm never really going to let it go.
1: No, he's never going to let me go, folks. There he is. He just stares at me with his poofy hair and his, you know, sanctimonious radio man swagger. No joke, folks. No joke.
0: Uh, But here he is on how to stop the summer of gun violence. Play 10.
2: We have an opportunity to come together now as Democrats and Republicans, as fellow Americans, to fulfill the first responsibility of government in our democracy to keep each other safe enough that means Congress packs these sensible gun prevention violence prevention initiatives is worried it makes sense background checks ban on assault weapons repeal of liability for gun manufacturers
1: uh, gotta you know we're gonna silence. St- if only they passed you know gun manufacturer you know, let, let's get rid of liability for gun manufacturers and Think about this
0: liability for how is getting rid of liability for gun manufacturers going to do anything to stop people who are criminals from shooting other people in the streets of American cities? Do you think any gangbanger, do you think any any thug, any criminal anywhere across the country is saying to himself, whoa, I better not use this fill in the blank weapon, you know, Glock or Smith and Wesson or whatever? Oh, because you know there's a liability issue for the manufacturer. No, I understand what they'd say is, "Oh, but now this will mean that the manufacturer is what can't make guns." What 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 are they supposed to do now? If someone stabs someone to death with it with a uh, chef knife, are we gonna go sue Wusthof? It's a fancy German knife company. We're gonna go sue them. How dare you make a serrated blade that could be used in an attack like this? No different principle here, folks. No different principle whatsoever. Guns are not made to be used in crimes. People use guns in crimes. Knives are not made to be used in crimes, but people can do the same. But this is all an effort to create just diversionary narratives from what is so obvious to anyone who is paying attention, which is the following. We are heading into a very violent summer in this country because of Democrats' shameless pandering around defund the police and the BLM narrative and the stupidity of their soft on crime approach people are going to suffer people are going to die and democrats just want to do anything they can to avoid a public uh, a public recognition of that reality so that's what's actually going on here and then we got Kamala at the border and so i will I i'll get to you i'll get to that with you here in just a moment it, it, i'm just going to say it right now i somehow managed to get to the border before Kamala. So I'm not exactly going to give her a ton of credit for it. We'll get to this in a minute. But do you have a beautiful made in America American flag yet? I have one that's indoor for me. I've got it on display in my living room, but they're great for the outdoors. They're really meant to be displayed outdoors. But as you know, I live in an apartment building in New York City, so I don't really have it outdoors. My parents, though, do. And we've got their allegiance flag out on their balcony. It looks beautiful. I should actually post some photos of it. This is the time of year when you got to get it set up, folks. Can't you feel the surge of patriotism right now in this country? Don't, don't you think it's particularly important right now to show support and love for this, the greatest country in the history of mankind? Independence Day is just a couple of weeks away. What better time than now to put a symbol of America out on your porch, out uh, hanging from your boat, wherever you want, right? At the dock, in front of your home. Don't just fly any flag, though. Fly an American flag that is made here in the U.S. of A., one that's manufactured with such a high level of quality that it doesn't get tangled, torn, or shredded. It's such high quality. When you touch it, you'll feel it in your fingers when you get your allegiance flag, and you'll say, oh, this is just better than the other stuff that people can buy online. That's where allegiance flag supply comes in. Their commitment to making these flags, coupled with the incredible craftsmanship done by their team of seamstresses in Charleston, South Carolina, makes this the flag I've been recommending to everyone this summer. I hear a lot of you have already jumped, uh, jumped on this, but if you haven't already, please, please do get your flag today. Buck is the promo code you got to use. There's still time for those of you who haven't gotten it yet for your 4th of July Independence Day celebration. Here's how you do it. Just go to this website right now after the show, but it'll be over in a few minutes. Showallegiance.com. Showallegiance.com. Enter promo code BUCK for 10% off your order. That's showallegiance.com. Enter promo code BUCK. You'll get a nice 10% discount. You'll also be telling my good friends at Allegiance Flag Supply, you, you heard about this here on this show, which really matters. All right? It's important that they know that you're part of Team Buck and you're getting the flag because, well, you're part of Team Buck. And you can get it in time for Independence Day showallegiance.com enter promo code buck for 10% off kamala at the border everybody I, i've said most of what i need to on this the whole thing is is absurd biden of course has been trying to tell everybody that kamala's doing a, a great a great job on the border she's doing a great job yeah sure she is it's all just working. it's all working out exactly as planned the borders are who finally finds the border and we're to believe that this is a a great thing. It's it's, it's silly, isn't it? It's just ridiculous. But here we are. Um, what is she going to do down there? She's in El Paso. I'll say El Paso, nice town actually. I was down there at the border a few years ago. Um, she really, I think, probably should go. Probably should go to McAllen. That's where most of the illegal crossing action is, or at least it was when I was down there a couple of months ago. But ultimately, they're just going to try to get her in, get her out and not have anyone to put too much on a a focus of this. Too much of a focus on this. Um, And they don't want anyone to really think long and hard about how it's just not going to get any better at the border. There's nothing that they're going to do that's going to make this problem stop. Right. So all of this is actually just optics. They're trying to control the optics of it. And, yeah, that's where we are. That is the situation. Remember, the Democrats want what is effectively an open border. It benefits them politically and it makes them feel good. They do not want to enforce the immigration laws we have in the books, but they don't want to change the immigration laws openly because a majority of the American people are not with them yet. A majority of the American people do not agree that immigration laws should not matter. So, there you go. I think that's important. Oh, one one fun thing: uh, De Blasio got called out by Cuomo. I know this is a New York thing, but I really appreciated this. De Blasio got called out by Cuomo. Um, Cuomo called the mayor of New York City's administration hyper political and incompetent, which is so true. I mean, de Blasio is an idiot left-wing activist. He's like the dumbest guy you would have on an MSNBC panel. Well, I I think we should have a a civilian review board to review the board that reviews police conduct because, you know, systemic racism. I mean, de Blasio is an abject moron. He really is. And Cuomo is a thug but slightly smarter and more realistic than De Blasio. So Cuomo might be a worse person, but he is a little smarter than De Blasio. So it's kind of funny. It's like it's like watching the Hulk fight the Thing, but instead of being super strong, the two combatants are super awful. So I just want to enjoy this one for a second. Play 6. He said your administration was hyper political and incompetent, making him look forward to your successor. Any response to that?
1: You know, I, I'm going to I'm going to borrow from something Commissioner
0: Shea said uh, some weeks ago uh, after something else the governor said. Uh, my message is I stopped listening to him a long time ago. That's all he's got. That's all he's got. Come on. Come on. You, can get, you know better than that. Uh, maybe not. Maybe not. All right. Let's get in. Let's get into some uh, some rule. I know that producer Moore, Couldn't you throw more of an elbow than that one? I thought that was pretty weak.
4: Yeah, I, I would have liked a little bit more, and he's you know been I mean? a lot meaner a little, to Cuomo a little, in the past. Yeah,
0: yeah, you know, you, look, we all know this. De Blasio in in a scrap, first of all, he'd be like, eh, I don't want to get hurt. But beyond that, he's probably a biter. You know?
4: Yeah, I could see him taking a cheap shot. You like, know what I mean? Like he'd be punching that guy when no one's looking.
0: Yeah. First of all, you you know that that you know he throws a punch like a third grade girl. No offense to third grade girls listening to this out there. But beyond that, if 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 you really got forced into it. You know, I think he's a biter and a scratch. He scratches and bites if you were in a- if you were in a bar brawl. Uh, that was that's what I would see. Cuomo, I bet is mean. I bet he like headbutts. You know, I, I bet he's a pretty vicious guy. Actually,
4: Cuomo happens to just carry a machete around. Yeah,
0: yeah, like he's. Cuomo would go Joe Pesci on somebody from uh, from Casino, you know, with the pen. Like Cuomo's a scary guy. I wouldn't want. i I wouldn't want to fight Cuomo. I'll just going tell you that right now. No. De Blasio would actually feel bad. He'd be like, "Stop it! Leave me alone!" You know, De Blasio is such a wimp.
4: If there's any politician we know that could ba- play a mob boss, it's Cuomo, hundred percent.
0: Oh, he would be perfect. Yes, I mean when I see him on TV, sometimes just because his whole demeanor. Oh, you will listen to me. I will do whatever I want. I will order you around. You could just have like the Godfather theme music playing in the background that it would all seem very, very squared away. Wouldn't wouldn't be any surprise there. Well, uh, producer Mark, any fun plans for you this weekend? Man, the team is so glad that we're back in action here and they get to hear from you. I was excited to see all the notes about that. I, just, I, I didn't want anyone to think we weren't like keeping producer Mark locked away in a closet somewhere. We just had to get things ready for the new show.
4: Yeah, we we had a lot of logistics to figure out.
0: Plus, you will. had to move, so I did, I had producer Mark was on injured reserve for a day or two, not because of anything here, other than the fact that his moving truck broke down and he probably had a mini coronary, which I would have.
4: Yeah, my my moving truck broke down, but you know what? Uh, after that, it's all been good things. I feel like I have a life again. I saw Foo Fighters on Sunday night at the Garden. I'm going to a wedding this weekend. There's a lot going on. I feel like oh, I'm human that's again. great.
0: That's great. That's what we like to hear, man. That's what. By the way, everyone out there, go to concerts. Go to outdoor barbecues, picnics, whatever. Go outside, get some food, get some sunshine, see people you like, get out there, go live. How was Foo Fighters, by the
4: way? Uh, It was amazing. Just the 100% packed garden, and that's my favorite building in the world because I'm a huge Rangers fan, and the cheers as they got onto the stage just gave me chills. It almost brought tears to my eyes how awesome that was after the year of hell we've gone through here.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. That's great. I look, and By the way, I agree. I think the Foo Fighters, I think they're a great American rock band.
4: They're the best, like, 90s-style grunge rock band left, and they do an incredible live show. Even Dave Grohl goes, we're not playing for two hours and then leaving. We're playing all night, and it's amazing.
0: Yeah. No, he's a true rock star. I mean, you got to give that. He's an actual, when you think of the, the archetype of rock star, Dave Grohl is a rock star. Legit. The real deal.
4: And the fact you that know. they have two of the best drummers in the world on one band, incredible. And he did play the drums for one set, which is uh, incredible to see because he hasn't done it much since Nirvana, obviously, That's uh, cool. isn't yeah. around.
0: Can you imagine you go from you go from Nirvana, which has kind of that rock and roll lore, iconic, but, you know, dark past and everything because of what happened to uh, Kurt Cobain. And then you go and you start the Foo Fight. Anyway, it's a pretty amazing story, really.
4: And they're 25 or 26 years old now. It's incredible. The Foo Fighters are a bigger band than Nirvana, I think, now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you, man. I listen to a lot of 90s rock these days. I don't know. Maybe it's just a nostalgia thing, but I actually that's probably top of my playlist would be would be 90s rock. All right. Let's go with uh, roll call, because, yes, we are doing the roll calls, folks. This is the Buck Sexton show continues. The roll call, the Freedom Hut. It's all still going on. David writes in. uh, Damn, dude, you and Clay are a juggernaut. I love the back and forth. The flow of the show is amazing. Love it. You're still doing what you're doing with your podcast too. Keep grinding. Well, David, thank you, man. I appreciate that you are listening to the new show, the Clay and Buck Show, which we we're having a lot of fun doing, and we're very pleased so far. The uh, response—I I don't want—I can't say universally positive, but I can say like 99 percent positive. So at least from what what we're picking up, which is great, because you know it's uh, it's it's a big uh, it's a big move, a big time slot, as you all know, Lauren. Love the new show and Russia's time slot. So glad you guys kept the same music for the intro. Wanted to say, don't forget all of us in the communist state of Hawaii. We still have mask insanity. Indoor mandate is still in place. Employees wear them at restaurants. Tons of people still wear them outside. It's mandatory in all grocery stores. People look at each other like walking viruses. And here on the Big Island, our death toll from the entire pandemic is something like 57. And our daily positive testing ranges from zero to 10 per day. People get all worked up if it's closer to ten. It's insane and probably on par with, if not worse than, NYC. Lauren, first of all, I mean, Hawaii is one of the most beautiful places on planet Earth. It really is. It's a, producer Mark. You've been out there.
4: To where? I'm sorry. Hawaii. I have never been to Hawaii. No.
0: Oh, you and the missus should get out there at some point.
4: Uh, it's it's far though. Like flight, I know you yeah. did
0: the Caribbean for your for your honeymoon, which is great. But you know, at some point, if you guys, the Hawaii is amazing.
4: Yeah, we wanted to go for our honeymoon, but you know, it is also very expensive. So we decided to go super
0: expensive. It's a really long flight. It's 10 hours from New York. It's a long flight. Anyway, I'm just saying, I've been out a couple times. I'm I'm, I'm a fan. And Lauren, I I still want to I don't know if I'm going to have to just create this as my life's work. We have to take over. Conservatives have to take over a city and run the city. And we have to take over a beautiful state like Hawaii that has been blue. Like there needs to be a movement of, you know, enough Places where we can we can lose some folks without changing the political makeup of the state. Like maybe we could take, you know, some some Idahoans and some Wyoming, Wyomingers. I don't know what we say, but um, we take some of them and move them to Hawaii and we flip it and we make it a red island of amazingness. I think that would be great because, yeah, I know. First of all, you guys, I love Hawaii, but you guys gave us Maisie Hirono the dumbest member of the United States Senate, which is a remarkable thing. I mean, to be, I know, to be the dumbest is pretty impressive for what it is, but she's, she's there. But yeah, Hawaii is one of the most beautiful places on earth. John, hey Buck, back in 2012, when I first heard you on the Glenn Beck show on The Blaze, I told my girlfriend, when Rush leaves, Buck is going to replace him. I was right. Keep going. I lived with the Ottawa Native Americans in Michigan, and they are standing with us, they are not going to fall prey to the government again. Well, John, that's very kind of you, man. Yeah, it's, it's been about 10 years. Yeah, it's been about 10 years since I've been doing this. Isn't that, isn't that pretty amazing? 10 years to become an overnight success in radio. That's kind of the situation, I guess. It's been a long time. Uh, but thank you so much for your kind words and your support. And, and yeah, that's interesting about the uh, Ottawa Native Americans in Michigan. I, I hadn't heard anything about that before. TJ, Buck, a very good first week so far with you and Clay. It was good to hear producer Mark's voice on your standalone podcast. Just a comment on Kamala's remark about how she has not been to Europe. By no means am I defending her. It was a boneheaded thing to say. But there's more behind that comment than most people think. I guess that there's two camps in the White House right now, the Jill Biden camp and the Kamala camp. Apparently, Kamala was none too happy about not being able to join Joe on the G7 trip. I guess her and Jill do not see eye to eye. Who would have guessed after Kamala basically calling Joe a racist during the primary debates? Interesting. Uh, interesting. I, I, TJ, I, I have to think more about that one. I hadn't I don't, I hadn't really heard much about the split of the Jill Biden and Kamala camps in this White House. But nonetheless, thank you so much. Matthew, the new show sounds great so far, Buck, both you and Clay. I really like how you guys incorporated some of the old intro and outro music and sounds from Russia's show. and The old phone number to call in. All around, it's really just fabulous. Matthew, we really appreciate that, man. Thank you so much. Glad you're liking it. You know, we're trying to just, trying to continue the work. You know, continue the work, continue the mission, and have it sound like the mission as, as much as we can in, in every respect. Maureen. Hey, Buck and Producer Mark. While I'm thrilled for you, your upward success with your new time slot and show, I'm so grateful for the Bucks Exton Show podcast However, brief it is, because to be honest, what I truly miss is three hours of just you. So I'm grateful for the short hour you still give us, and I'm thrilled that Producer Mark is still producing the Buck Section Show podcast. I felt concerned about what was happening to our much loved Producer Mark, so I'm happier now. Love you guys. Well, Maureen, glad to hear. It. Producer Mark, would you like to say something to Maureen?
4: Thank you, Maureen. I appreciate the kind thoughts, and I'm glad to be here.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. No, no. We, we just, we had to, it was like a big. All hands on deck. Got to move in. New shows, moving shows, everything else. But you know, now we're now we're good to go. And this is this is. I start my day now every day with the Buck Saxton Show podcast, which is great. I mean, this is a really fun way to get everything going, and we're getting it out. You know, really early for all of you, which I also think. I mean, this should be the the listen. You know, your morning listen before you tune into the twelve to three. Uh, the morning listen uh, of the thirty minutes on the podcast. You'll be really squared away. Uh, and that's that's what we're hoping. And please do continue to pass the buck and make sure that folks out there, we, we have had some people who I realize are like, wait, I haven't been listening to podcast for a few days because I thought it was I thought there was only the other podcast. I'm like, no, no, there's two now. There's two now. Um, and it's not. Uh, this podcast does not air on radio. This is only a podcast now. We are only putting this up as a podcast. So yeah, we, you we got to cur- listen to podcasts. We right? can curse now. Yeah.
4: We're allowed to curse. Take
0: oh, my it. gosh. I could I could potty mouth on the Buck section show. Don't worry. I won't. We'll always keep it family friendly. You know, it will keep it family friendly. It's
4: just nice knowing that we can.
0: I agree. It's nice to know that if we, if we had a little bit of spillage where something gets recorded that we didn't intend and people catch some of the real-life Buck salty language, that we're not going to get an FCC violation. You know what I mean?
4: Yeah, but you would probably yell at me, so I'm going to not do that.
0: Yeah, no, don't do that. No, I, I would definitely yell at you because all of our audience would yell at me. Exactly. They'd be, they'd be like, Buck, you know, little Tommy, who's 12, was listening, and now he's walking around saying, Buck says potty words,
4: Buck says potty words. You know what I mean? Well, I, I think he would be saying the potty word, which is the problem.
0: Right, probably. Yeah. Actually, if he was 12, he definitely would be. Maybe if he was 6, he'd be. I, I'm not good with the the ages. Yeah, you know, I keep I keep hanging out with my little my adorable little nephew Ryan, my sister's my sister's son, and I love to go visit him because he's you know he's so cute. And every time I go once a week, pretty much, so it's like it's almost like a time lapse uh, photography or something because every time I see him, he's like a little bigger, a little chubbier, a little funnier. Um, he's now like seven months old, I think, and I keep going like, so when does he walk and talk? And they're like, not for a while. <laughs> I'm like, oh okay, I never know this stuff. Yeah, so I learning. have
4: no clue the timeline there either.
0: Yeah, but like I if guess. I asked you when does someone just start like walking around saying like, you know, mama, I want a baba, like I would have thought it was like 6 months. Apparently it's like 12 or 18 months or something know. it's later than that.
4: Yeah, apparently I have to read a bunch of books before we have a kid. It's a whole thing. Yeah. It's a problem.
0: I will say though, I've gotten I'm so good at handling my spoiled French bulldog that it actually now I'm like pretty good at holding the baby because I'm good at holding the fat spoiled Frenchie. So you go, you know, you, one is like training for the other. Because I used to be somebody when, like, they'd hand me a baby, I was like, ah, how do I hold this thing? You know what I
4: mean? Oh, I'm still like that. I've held a baby one time.
0: and it was. Really uh, then Minnie Mark is going to come along. Minnie Mark, he's going to look back at you. You're going to see your face and Mrs. Mark's face reflected back to you. And then he's going to look at you and be like, are you late today?
4: Uh, I'm going to ask the kid if it's late today.
0: No, he's going to ask you. I'm oh. saying he's like you to me. Oh, got it. That was the joke. Anyway, I guess it kind of womp womp. You get the idea. Whatever. All right, Linda. Hey, Buck, I listen to your new show, and it's very good. I also always listen to your podcast. Thank you so much. Question. You are staying at a hotel and doing the show from Tennessee. Do you fly home on weekends, or are you staying there? Keep up the good work. Love both shows. Uh, Linda, I am going home to New York this weekend. I'll be back in Tennessee next weekend, and then I'll be in New York for the foreseeable. And Clay and I will be doing the show on sort of live video. We're we're setting up a whole spaceship-like situation where I'll be able to sort of see everything with him. And he'll be able to see everything with me in real time. And we'll do the show that way, like we're sitting right across from each other. Um, But it's going to be the miracle of technology that allows that to happen. That's the plan. Although it is fun to be in studio um, and, you know, watch Clay drink his Mountain Dew and eat his cold pizza. You know that's uh, he he comes prepared. I'm always sitting there. I sit there and I have my little my little gluten free, uh, you know, non GMO bars. And Clay's eating cold pizza, drinking Mountain Dew. I'm like, here we go. You know, it's like uh, it's like the odd couple does radio. Dan Buck, hope this place to send you a note. Dan, clearly it is. Thank you for giving producer Mark a voice in the last two episodes. He was truly missed June 21st and 22nd. I'm really looking forward to the roll call tomorrow. Well, producer Mark, say something nice to Dan.
4: Thank you, Dan. You're a lovely human being. There you help go. keep me employed by saying nice things about me on the radio. Yeah.
0: I just want you guys to all know, like, producer Mark wasn't in the penalty box for a couple of days. He was just moving. <laughs> okay, this is. I think well, they they got worried because you know you were gone and I had to do a show with no sound. You know, no no uh, clips and no producer Mark. And they're like, what's going on? It's like he had to get his life set up. He's got a misses. He's gonna be. You know, he's he's got a family probably in the future here coming. You know, a bigger family. And so we had to get him set up in Long Island, but now he's good to go. Yeah. So you'll have, you'll have uh, producer Mark and sound bites going forward. That is the plan. And, folks, I, I really – I want you to all have a great weekend. I mean that. Go out. Do something fun. I mean, t- you know how I always say, you know, you have your orders. we got to win this fight, and then we, we end with our rallying cry. I mean, I'll still do that, but your, your orders for this weekend, if I, may, if I may be so bold as to give them to you, is to think of something you really want to do that will be enjoyable – Either yourself or with you know your friends or family, and go do it. Just think of, like Bruce Mark went to the Foo Fighters. What's your what's your Foo Fighters? Find that, do that this weekend, and write in and tell me about it next week. All right, everybody, shields high.